Good morning, church. Good to see everybody here today. Well, I guess I have to say you did it. What? Tried it again. Got something in my throat. Congrats. Boy, it's hard. Boy, it is that sickness. Congratulations to all the Chief fans. No, seriously, you earned it, and congratulations to you. Um, I tell you, um, Sarah and Tyler, I see you guys back there. You know, they are, uh, you guys had a baby several weeks ago, didn't you? Healthy baby. Congratulations to you guys on that. Uh, yes. Also, uh, Christian O'Brien and Allison O'Brien, you guys had, had your baby. Congratulations on that. I don't know if they're here, but congratulations there. Just growing the church in the world all at the same time. Um, you know, last week I was given an analogy uh, from uh, Doug. and He wasn't in, in, in this auditorium. But you know what he was doing? He was out there working, serving, taking care of communion plates like he always is. He's thankful for people like Doug who are always out there working. I don't know if he's here to hear this compliment. He's probably still out there serving or doing something like that. But just real thankful for Doug. Um, this week I'm going to be gone, and where I'm going to be going, uh, cell phones can't go with me. So if you need anything, where's Bob at? Bob, where's Greg at? Well... Greg's the guy who sits next to this lovely lady right here. Mary, raise your hand. Uh, our elders, Bob and Greg, would love to take a call or uh, be able to be of any assistance that you need this week with, with anything. Um, can you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 14? Today we're going we're gonna to look at something a, a little bit a little bit different. I'm going to read. I'm I'm going to read the story of King Aza, Aza, excuse me. And in this story, there are three things that really stick out to me. Three things that the Lord gives: their victory, rest, and strength. Anybody want those things in your life? They come from the Lord. And as we read this, this story, I pray that it uh, speaks to you in a powerful way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, awesome God, thank you for your word. As we read it, I pray that it speaks to us exactly. I pray we hear it as it speaks to us exactly. The the things that we need to hear, I pray we hear exactly those things, God, from your word. Please speak to us. Let us hear exactly what we need to hear from from your word, and let us be more like you as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen. And Abijah rested with his ancestors, chapter 14, verse 1, and was buried in the city of David. Asa, his son, succeeded him as king, And in his days, the country was at peace for 10 years. 
Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. It's a good way to start, start your life, right? Good way to start a story. He removed the foreign altars and the high places, smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. That means he got rid of all the fake gods, all the false idols. He got, he got all that stuff out of the nation. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his laws and commands. It's good leadership. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. He built up the fortified cities of Judah since the land was at peace. No one was at war with him during those years, for the Lord gave him rest. Who gave Asa rest, church? Now, this is something very interesting because in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You want rest? comes from the Lord, not NyQuil. Go to the Lord for rest. This is real. Verse 7. Let us build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. Rest on every side, church. So they built and prospered. So the Lord's allowed them to have rest. The Lord's allowing them to build. The Lord's allowing them to prosper. And they are doing the will of the Lord. Asa had an army of 3,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields and with spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and with bows. All these were brave, fighting men. Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots and came as far as Marisha. Asa went out to meet him, and they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephathah near Marisha. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Look at this church. Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. You ever felt powerless before? Asa is saying, Lord, there, there is no one like the Lord to help you when you're powerless. You may be powerless, but you're not hopeless. Because when we don't have the power, we know who does have the power, amen? So just because you may not have power today, financial power today, health power today, relational power today, physical power today, does not mean you're hopeless today. Because we have a God that we can go to, and that's what Asa's teaching us right here. When you are powerless, your God is not. You go to him, and you rely on him, and watch what happens. Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God. When's the last time we just, some of us today just need to say, help us, Lord our God. That, that's the beginning. Amen. That, that, that's the beginning of it. It's acknowledging we need help from God. Not man, not ourself, but we need help from our God. Amen? Amen? Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. Relying on God. Not himself, not his bank account, not his family. It's God. 
For we rely on you, and in your name, not my name, but in the name of the Lord, in your name, we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. This is very wise what Asa is doing right here. He's saying, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. Asa is not trying to fight these people. Asa is getting these people to fight his God. See the difference? You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, the Bible says we're the body of Christ. Believers are the body of Christ. We're his arms, we're his legs, his fingers. We are an extension of Christ when we're doing Christ's will. And when you're doing Christ's will, you're, you're doing the will of God. When people try to stop you from doing the will of God, they're not fighting you, they're fighting God. They're going to lose that fight. So when, when you are up against something stronger than you, the smartest thing you can ever do in your life is submit to God's will. And by the way, don't just wait till you're up against someone stronger than you. Do it all the time. Because when you're in the will of God, they're not fighting you. They're fighting him. And he's undefeated, amen? amen. So that's what he's saying. He's saying everything he, he brings up, he says, help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. So in your circumstances right now where you are struggling, if I'm talking to a person right now who's going through a struggle, my first question is, are you going to say, help us, Lord? Two, for we rely on you. Are you going to rely on the Lord? Three, and in your name we have come against this vast army. Are you coming in your name or are you coming in the name of the Lord? Then he says, Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. Submit yourself to God in the struggle, church, because God can overcome the struggle. Because God doesn't even have to be in a struggle. He's already overcome it, amen? And we're in him when we're doing his will. So wherever you're at, just get inside the will of God. Look at verse 12. This is God's response. The Lord struck down the Cushites. Anybody ever have God fight for you before? It's pretty decisive victory when God fights for you, right? Yeah. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled. And Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar. Such a great number of Cushites fell that they could not recover. They were crushed before the Lord and his forces. The men of Judah carried off a large amount of plunder. They destroyed all the villages around Gerar, for the terror of the Lord had fallen on them. They looted all these villages since there was much plunder there. They also attacked the camps of the herders, and carried off droves of sheep and goats and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. It's chapter 1. You just read, we just read a chapter of the Bible together, okay? This first chapter teaches us that when we're going up against stuff more powerful than us, we go to our God. Just because you're powerless does not mean you're hopeless. Satan wants you to think when you're powerless, when you have no power, you have no hope. That's a lie from hell, okay? Here's the truth from the Word of God. God is our power. And when we rely on him and we get in his will and he fights for us, we have victory. So it's rest and victory. Chapter 15, verse 1. The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. You guys see that? The Lord is with you when you are what? So we can't be doing crazy stuff outside of God's will and then think that it's going to work out, okay? 
We got to be in God's will. We got to be with the Lord, okay? Now, the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, this is good news, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. So you can always come back to God. Always. In those days, it was not safe to travel about, for all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, and one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, watch this, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When you're doing the will of God, and we got people in here doing the will of God, and, and it's stressful right now, and it's unfair right now, it's getting on your last nerves right now. But you got to stay in the will of God right now. Because if you stay in the will of God, verse 7 is for you. But as for you, be strong if you're doing the will of God, and do not give up, fam, for your work will be rewarded. Amen? Amen. Verse 8. When Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. What I want you to do today is take courage, church. I want you to remember that God is in control, not Satan. God is more powerful than your fear. God's more powerful than your struggle. God's more powerful than your adversity. God's more powerful than what people say about you. Okay, he's in control. And if you're doing his will, take courage. And I, what I want you to do is, I want you to press even harder into the will of God right now. I want you to go even harder for God, because the story's not over. It's just the beginning, okay? He took courage when he heard this. And watch, what he, watch he takes it to another level of intensity, Aza does. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Benjamin and from the towns he captured in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin and the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For large numbers have come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with them. All these other people are starting to come with him because they see God is on, he's taking care of him. So everybody's coming with him now. They assembled at Jerusalem the third month of the year reign. At that time, they sacrificed to the Lord 700 head of cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder they had brought back. They entered into, watch this church, verse 12, to a to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. You see that? See, all these people say, you know, we're going to make a covenant. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to seek the Lord with all of our heart and our soul. Could we do something like that today in 2020, church? What would happen if all of us got together and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to seek the Lord with all of our heart and with all of our soul. We're going to start doing it in our own individual lives, but then we're going to go to our household. We're going to make this covenant in our household with everyone in our house. Everyone in our house, you know what we're going to do? Moving forward, right now, from this point forward, we're seeking the Lord, all our heart and our soul. And then we come into the church and we do it. How much will we impact this country? No, forget the country, the world. This is the type of stuff that, that, that they're doing here that we can be doing in 2020. They're seeking the Lord with all their heart and all their soul. Look at verse 13. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. He's not playing. 
You're either with God or you're not in this nation. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. So the Lord gave them rest on every side. There's that word rest again. That's funny because, you know, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, the Bible says God rewards those who do what? Earnestly seek him. Old Testament, New Testament, you see the same God. We earnestly seek God, church, right now. There are rewards for that. That's what I want to encourage us to do. Earnestly seek God. He rewards those who do that. Verse 16. King Asa also deposed his grandmother, Micah, from her position as queen mother because she had made a repulsive image for the worship of Asherah. Asa cut it down, broke it up, and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although he did not remove the high places from Israel, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple of God the silver and gold in the articles that he and his father had dedicated. There was no more war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. Now, what happens here? Chapter 16. Everything's about to fall apart. And there's a great message in this chapter. And I want us to pay heed to the word of God, this chapter right here. This is why we read the first two, to set up this chapter right here. I pray it speaks to all of us. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Watch this, church. Asa then took the silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and of his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram. Why is he taking the silver and gold that he gave to God? Why is he taking that away from God and giving it to man who was ruling in Damascus? Why did he do that? Verse 3 tells us why. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there has been between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. So what King Asa is doing is he's saying, I'm going to rely on this other guy, other than God. I'm going to take what I've given to God. I'm giving it to this other guy because if this other guy can help me not go to war, I'm going to be blessed. For the first time we see King Asa relying on something other than God. And I've had these moments in my life before where I've been tempted to rely on something other than God because it seems like it's going to work quicker, it's going to be more simple, and it's going to be easier. Watch where this leads him. Verse 4, Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asa and sent the commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ijon, Dan, abel and all the store cities of Naphtali. When Basha heard this, he stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. So it looks like King Asa wins, right? He got the guy to leave him alone. Let's keep reading. Then King Asa brought all the men of Judah, and they carried away from Ramah the stones and timber Basha had been using. With them he built up Gibba and Mizpah. At that time, 
Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, watch this, church. Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. He lost what he thought he had because he relied on something other than God. Watch what he says. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I want to repeat this again, church. And I want to ask you, do you believe this today? Do, do you believe this? Do you believe, verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Do you believe that God, I'm going to, do you believe God has eyes? Do you believe God's eyes range throughout the world today? Now, do you think, do you believe that the Lord's eyes range throughout the earth for a purpose, and it's to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him? If you believe that, then if you need strength today, if you need strength today because you feel weak, commit your heart wholeheartedly to God because his eyes are roaming around the earth looking for those who will do that. And for those who will do that, there's a reward. He will give you strength. Now, when you feel weak, when you feel depressed, when you feel discouraged, when you feel defeated and defeated, instead of going to Percocets, instead of going to overeating, instead of going to all type of other stuff, I want you to simply commit your heart fully to the Lord, trusting that he sees you and he strengthens those who will do that. Do you have faith that that God exists today? Because he gives strength to the people who do, amen? And I'll tell you, the word for you today is, if you are feeling weak, if you are feeling beat up, if you are sick and tired of it, I mean, you're, you're, you're done, and you want some strength, you don't got to go to the workout room today. You just got to commit your heart fully to God today. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you when you're crying in the middle of the night. He sees what's been stressing you out. He sees you in that hospital. Okay, he sees you at that job. He sees you in that relationship. He sees you when your heart is fully committed to him. It's a secret to life, man. It's right there. You want to connect you with God? Just commit to him. He loves to give strength to those who do that. But King Asa didn't do that. So the seer told him, you have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. So the one thing King Asa tries to prevent in his life, he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life. War, drama. Why? Because you're relying on something other than God. And the moral of this story is, I know we, were, we, we are tempted to rely on something other than God to get rid of a problem. But that's just going to increase. Say, no, I want you to hear that. One, two. What I'm saying this morning is the one thing King Asa was trying to prevent, which was war, now he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his life because he relied on something other than God to get him to that place he wanted. And in 2020, the one thing you're trying to prevent in your life, you're going to deal with forever if you rely on something other than God 
to deal with it. Does that make sense? It's going to keep coming back. Learn a lesson from King Asa. Rely on the Lord or it ain't going away. And I'd rather face it with the Lord than face it without the Lord. Amen? Verse 10. So King Asa hears this. And his response to this is not repentance. His response to this is, Asa was angry with the seer because of this. Natural defense mechanism to get angry, right? He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. Now, why is he doing this? King Asa can't whoop God, so he's going to just start beating up people. You know what I mean? He's angry. And how many times do we get angry? Like, we all love the prophets when they tell us what God is going to do to bless us, right? But when they tell us the message that we don't want to hear, why do we get mad at them? Verse 11. The events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. Now, now why did he do that, church? Because he's angry. Because he didn't get what he wanted from God. Now, he won't seek God at all, even in a severe circumstance. You guys see that? You know that happens in 2020? I know people right now who tell me that they won't talk to God because when they were a kid, they asked their God to make sure their parents didn't divorce, but God didn't answer their prayer, so now they don't have anything to do with God. I, I, I talked to people who, who said, man, I, I asked God to not let my, my mother pass away. There's a high school guy named Asif. And he said, God didn't answer that prayer. My mom passed away, so I don't trust God. I won't go to God. I know people who didn't get the job they wanted when they asked God to give them the job. And because God didn't do what they wanted, they have nothing to do with God now. Even in severe circumstances, they won't seek God because they never recovered from that that incident that happened years ago in their life. You know what I'm talking about? You know, there, there are some people who are, who are 60 years old, but they're going on 32 years old because when they were 32, something bad happened and they never recovered from it, you know? So, so, so they're still stuck in that place. I know a person who was on a school bus and, and, and she was a girl and, and the people said that the girl was ugly. Now, this girl is older than me now, beautiful young lady, but she still thinks she's ugly because she never recovered from that school bus incident. And, and you say this stuff is crazy, but it's not. We, we, we have these incidents that happen in our lives, and, and if we don't minister to them, if we don't deal with them, they, they will continue to mess up our life. Now, King Asa, he has this problem. Asa has this problem. He's angry. He's angry because maybe he's angry with God, or maybe he's angry with himself because he messed up and he saw how God was blessing him for 35 years. And now because he trusted in something other than God, he's at war forever now. And he has these consequences and he's angry. And because he's angry, his response is, I'm not going to seek God anymore. And my question is, how many King Azas do we have in this building right now? Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe you're mad at yourself because you messed something up. And now your response is, I'm going to go to church, but I ain't going to go to God. 
Don't do that. I'm not proud of it, but I've been there before. I've been there before when I knew better, but I didn't do better. So now I'm dealing with consequences, and it makes me sometimes want to not go to God anymore the same way I went to God before I messed up, you know? You can't do that, guys. Because when you do that, I want you to watch what happened to King Asa when he did, King Asa when he did it. Though his disease was severe, even his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. He never learned. He keeps relying on things other than God. You see that? He never got the point. Because God could have God could have took care of him here. That's why, that's why they put this part in the story. Then, in the forty-first year of his reign, Asa died. That's what happens when you leave God out of the picture. That's what happens. That's where Satan wants us, dying without the Lord. And it may not be a physical death. It may be a spiritual death. It may be an emotional death. It may be the death of a ministry. It may be the death of a relationship. It may be the death of a dream, you know? Don't let Satan do that to you. Because there are other people in the Bible who messed up in King Asa, and they turned back to God, and God blessed them. Amen? You want me to name a few? Abraham, Sarah. David. Anybody know Peter? Paul? Yeah. This is the war that we're in in 2020. Are we going to trust the Lord and and come back to him, or are we going to give up and just die? Don't die. Jesus already died for you, so you don't have to die today. Amen? So let's put our faith in Jesus, know that God is able, God is willing. All we got to do is come back to him today, and we can have victory, rest, and strength today instead of an unnecessary death without the Lord today. And I don't just mean a physical death. I mean the death of a ministry, the death of a relationship, the death of a dream that God gave you. Don't let Satan steal that from you. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? Give us life and give it to us what? Abundantly. Amen? Don't let Satan steal that abundant life from you because it's here. And he rested with his ancestors. They buried him in the tomb that he had cut out from himself in the city of David. So he knew the story of David. He knew he could have came back like David. They laid him on a bier covered with spices and various blended perfumes, and they made a huge fire in his honor. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Mel, can you hit that slide for me, please? Thank you. Three things I want you to go away with. I'm sitting down in like four minutes. One, 2 Chronicles 14, 11. Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. You feel powerless today? You feel powerless in that relationship? You feel powerless in that family? You feel powerless financially? You don't have no power as you fight this health battle? That's okay. You may be powerless, but you're not hopeless, amen? The the response to feeling powerless is simple. When you feel powerless, you say, help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you, amen? And in your name, we have come against this vast army. We come against this affliction. We come against this problem in our relationship. We come against this problem in our country. We come against this depression in our mind. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. In other words, we get in the will of God and we make them fight God instead of Amen. Amen. Commit and surrender to God. The battle's not over. Amen. You're powerless, but you can still have a victory because the victory is the Lord. All right. Number two, Second Chronicles fifteen fifteen. 
They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them, so the Lord gave them rest on every side. Guys, we've got to stop seeking God, and we've got to start seeking God eagerly. There's a difference between seeking God and seeking God eagerly. When I first met my wife, I was like, woo! I saw her eagerly. I seek you guys every week, but I ain't, I ain't seeking y'all like I was seeking her. And every day you marry, you keep seeking her that way, amen? When we got baptized, we sought God eagerly, but now, 40 years into the relationship with God, are you still seeking him eagerly? Because you know what he did? He gave him rest on every side, amen? You want some rest? Seek God eagerly. Fully commit yourself to God. Last one, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You want strength today? Fully commit your heart to him. You haven't felt strength yet like the strength God can give you. If there's an atheist in the building today, I'm glad you're here. Put this to the test. Fully commit your heart to God and watch a strength come over you that you never felt from anything. You never will feel from anything because there's nothing like the Lord's strength. Amen? Amen. But he don't have to prove himself to you. He's God. You got to fully commit yourself to him. That's called faith. It's not what you know. It's what you believe. Amen? Amen? And when you believe that this God exists and you will fully commit to him, he will give you strength when you're weak. Story of King Asa. Story of strength, victory, and rest. These things are available to you in Christ Jesus. Do you know him? You want a relationship with him? Can we help you find one? That's what this invitation is about right now. If you don't know what to do to have a relationship with God, come on. We're going to show you right now. Come forward. Or if you're ready to put Christ on in baptism, come on, let's do it. Or if you need some victory in a part of your life, you need some rest in a part of your life, you need some strength in a part of your life, we're going to pray for it right now in the name of Jesus. But don't leave here the way you came in. Leave here with more strength, more victory, and a rest that will give you a good night's sleep today because it comes in Jesus, all right? If we can help you experience that Jesus experience in any way, come now as we stand and sing.